0: The second Sunday of Lent always uses this gospel from one of the uh, different evangelists. And it is a beautiful set of readings and at the same time very strange, at least in my opinion. Uh, It it speaks of visions and and strange occurrences. Um, Years ago, there were many churches that were being burglarized by uh, their candle boxes or poor boxes being broken into. It happened here also. But as a result, they began to put cameras in the church, but not just for that, but also because uh, late in the afternoons, or early evenings, sometimes older folk would come into the church, and and it it wasn't, you know, there's no guards or anybody here. So if something could happen, it was important to at least to be able to um, go back and see what had happened and who was responsible. So I said to one of my pastors, I could make a recording and then when the camera's on, if we see that somebody's trying to break in the boxes or whatever, I could I had turn the recording on, and real low in the church, you would say, You are in my house. Why are you stealing from me? But my pastor said, No, they might have a heart attack, and then we'd be responsible for that. Um, but... This is why it's so strange to me. There's all these conversations with God. I've never had a conversation with God that I could hear in my ears. And, and when people tell me they do, I, I just say, okay, thank you. Um, I, I don't know anybody who has had that. And I've never seen God. I will admit, when I was in the high school seminary, my teenage years, the worst years of my life, um, I remember one day stressed out and feeling all kinds of weirdness as a junior in high school. I looked up at the cross and Jesus took his hands out the, from the nails and reached out to me. I saw it! Well, at least I think I did. I didn't tell anybody at the time because I knew it was totally weird. But, you know, people see and hear all kinds of things. People come to me because they think their child is possessed or they're possessed. And I always tell them, you know, be careful. You don't want to play with this. You don't want to talk about possession. Um, in fact, the church, if you come and say, I need my son uh, um, to be exercised, oh, the church goes after this with great care and they investigate fully because you just don't play around with that concept. But people come and say they hear voices, they see visions. Um, someone climbed into bed with them, and they woke up and they weren't there. And it was shortly after the death of a parent or something like that. And so I always tell them, you know, cautiously, I'd say, uh, please don't be offended what I'm going to say. But, but if, if you are asking for my help to try to understand what's going on in your life, I have to ask you a couple things. And, and I don't mean to make any judgments. It's just important to know this because they can affect what we see and hear or think we see and hear. So I tell them, you know, have you used any drugs of recent or even in the last couple of years? Because there can be effects of drugs years later. And, um, and I ask them, has anything really traumatic happened, a divorce in your family or something, a death of someone in your family? And uh, I try to get that information. And I explain to them that, you know, um, we, can, we can imagine things. And that doesn't mean we're nuts or cuckoo or anything. Imagination is a powerful thing. I remember once at St. Mark Church in Venice, I was an associate, and um, I always had the six o'clock mass because the pastor would not get up that early. He'd only take the eight. So I'd get up the 6 a.m., exhausted, tired, and um, one morning, I dreamt it, but I didn't know it was a dream at the time, and uh, two minutes to six, I looked at the clock, and I said, oh my God, I have the six o'clock mass. So I got up and ran to the bathroom, took it, very care of business, washed my face, ran over the church, and as I walk out the, the, the back door, it's pitch black outside. I said, what the heck? I look at my watch, it was 4 a.m. <laughs> now, I knew, I knew I had looked at the 6 o'clock, hour, uh, but I hadn't. And I um, discovered there's a, there's a real weird time just before we fall asleep or just uh, as we're waking up. Um, that our imaginations are wild, and when we can, we can see and hear things that aren't there. Um, but it's, it's hard to explain to people that those things go on. Tell people, you know, the imagination is powerful, and it's not—it's not—it's uh, real, but it isn't literal. And so many times we imagine things, and those are the very creative moments when when. Big things happen afterward. For example, long before we ever walked on the moon or sent a spacecraft to Mars, we imagined it. We imagined it for years. All kinds of brilliant people imagined that it could happen and what would the rocket look like that could possibly make it happen. And through their imaginings and their creative powers, they actually literally made it happen. So uh, when people tell me of a religious experience, I don't tell them that they didn't have one. I just say, I don't know what it was. But I think the point of all religious experience is something that's transformational. If I had to pick the word that best described what the scriptures were about today, it would be transformation. And we use the word transfiguration, but as far as I realize, uh, I can't think of any other place we use it except in this liturgy and in the scriptures, the transfiguration of Christ. I've never heard it referred to anybody else, a transfiguration but we say transformation, and essentially, I think it's the same. What's going on in these scriptures? Well, the strange part for me, example, in the first reading from Deuteronomy, or from uh, Genesis, um, Abram is hearing God speak. Now, you've got to realize that this was a period of, uh, of history where most everybody was illiterate, so, so storytelling is very important. And very visual storytelling, storytelling that was not abstract. So if a person came to believe that God was speaking to them within, and by the way, I think all of us, I hope all of us can say, God speaks to me, and I'll come to that. But Abram, in telling the people what he believed God was saying to him, said, God spoke to me. God came to me, and he said, Abram, look up at the stars in the sky see if you can count them. And that's right, see if you can, because you can't. He says, but whatever you see and you can count, I'll tell you, your descendants will be more than that. And God told him he was going to make a covenant, and this was going to affect him so profoundly, transform him so much that he was going to raise up from Abraham a mighty generation, descendants galore. And so he went through this a visionary thing to cut up three sets of animals and take a pigeon and a turtle dove and, and down the middle between their corpses on either side, these birds swoop down, he shoot them away and then this torch, this flaming torch and this flaming burner came through this pot and, and this was the sealing of the covenant between God and man and so it happened through this vision and in the gospel, three apostles go up on the mountain with Jesus And um, Jesus is transfigured before them. It says his face became so light-filled and his white became dazzling white. It also says that they had been in a deep sleep. And they came out of their deep sleep and they see this and Jesus is speaking to Moses and Elijah, the law and the prophets. And as that's taking place, Um, all of a sudden Peter gets all brave and says, Lord, uh, we should make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And then this cloud comes over them again, this very visionary thing, a cloud of darkness. And they get all afraid, and this cloud has a voice of God speaking through it. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. And they grew very afraid, and then when they woke up completely, looked up completely, there was just the ordinary Jesus. What was this about, and and did it literally happen? I don't know, but you'll notice Moses and Elijah, the law and the prophets, and looking at the meaning of what the cross is going to be in terms of the resurrection and, and a foretelling and all of this coming about for them. Well, for me, it is the second reading that pulls it all together. And it really explains the meaning of transformation, and it happens there also. Paul's telling this community the rights to uh, who have new faith, and he tells them that, you know, don't you realize we have a new identity because of Jesus Christ and his cross and resurrection? We're citizens of heaven. We're citizens of heaven. And he draws it out for them that it is because not miraculous visions or or some experiences that are strange and miraculous and mystical but because God has spoken through his son and listen to the word listen to him that's where our transformation comes from and I as a priest of 45 years I I I hear people and see that people they want the miraculous they they want visions and And I hear people get all delighted because they think they saw something or heard something, and God is doing something special for them. But He is doing it for us all the time. If we listen deeply to the words of Jesus, not just the words, but the actions. Those are words put into life. This is is the cross. It is the word of Jesus, the word of forgiveness, and the action. He actually forgives from the cross those who are killing Him. That's a powerful word. And the word that God says, is listen to him. Listen to him. Today, the opening prayer grabs hold of all of this theme very beautifully. Um, I didn't realize this until I came last last night to Mass. And as I read this at the beginning of Mass, it put a smile on my face. I said, because here, here it is. This is grabbing all of these scriptures and pulling it all together. And in this collect prayer, it says this, O God, who have commanded us to listen to your beloved son be pleased to nourish us inwardly nourish us inwardly by your word that with spiritual sight made pure we may rejoice to behold your glory now i would say of course we listen first here but the real listening has to happen here and and then this will change our sight maybe this but but this is where the sight has to change. We see with our hearts. And when we begin to listen and see what the Word is saying and showing to us, and Jesus becomes real as the chosen Son of God, real for us with His Word, that's when the glory of the Lord begins begins to become a reality for us. This is the transformation. So here we are, the second week of Lent. We've got several weeks left to go. And the question is, do we sense that we truly have an identity in Christ? Are we really citizens of heaven? Is God speaking to us today, every day? And what does he say when he speaks? What is the word of Jesus the Christ saying that transforms our life and can make us more, make us different, help us to become? Today, all of this is raised in a very provocative way to get us to look and listen and to take into our hearts this living Word of God.